You are listening to a sermon from Mission Point St. John. We hope this message encourages a deeper connection between you and Jesus, our Savior. Our series on on uh, amp, called Amplified, and we've been talking and discussing uh, the six pandemics that happened during COVID that no one is talking about enough. And so uh, we've been going through the series and the sessions and lessons. And tonight we're on lesson four. And um, tonight we're talking about the pandemic of defamation. And um, there's a lot of things that have happened through uh, COVID that has uh, been quite disruptive in people's lives. And uh, so we're on lesson four and the pandemic of defamation. Uh, We've never actually seen uh, social media become so vicious so quickly. It's incredible. I'm not sure that they're are any more angry people out there than maybe there ever was, but social media has made it easier for them to find one another. It seems like the possibility of connecting with. Uh, So people, including, uh, unfortunately, those who profess to be believers, uh, are willing to click send away too quickly uh, and with way too much outrage. And um, it's even happening amongst people who are church-going people. And obviously, we're talking about these pandemics that happened during COVID to highlight these are things we need to be aware of and to be cautious about. The combination of uh, a never-ending 24-hour news cycle the constant news feed that comes up on our phones, uh, the social media feeds that are just continual, the opportunity, folks, for people to trash one another is at an unprecedented level. We talked last week about division and how hiding behind the screen is, seems easier than obviously what you would do or say face-to-face. And uh, I think I've said obviously three times so far. So if you're keeping track, I have those that keep track of such things. If you make a misstep, you can suddenly find yourself in the middle of a media firestorm. If you just make the wrong comment at the wrong time, all of a sudden you are you are in the 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 headlights of an attack. And people have far less restraint uh, towards the damaging of others' reputation and other people because of what has happened through COVID. For some reason, the sickness, the the unfortunate uh, disease, pandemic, whatever you want to label it as, has come to society, and all of a sudden it has unleashed the, the, the restraints from people. Pastors uh, say it's becoming more common 
for church members to say hurtful things at a level that they never saw before the pandemic. I wonder actually when we'll reach the saturation point of realizing the society that we live in that we're just not being nice enough. I wonder if it will soon be taken seriously, the eighth commandment that says that we're not to bear false witness against one another. Those are not just things that happened in the Old Testament that are not relevant. They're still relevant. And defamation is a false or unjustified injury of the good reputation of another as by slander or libel. The pandemic caused a number of people to speak out of terms that never would have done or said such things before. I can just give you a few examples. This is not an extensive or an exhaustive list, but just to give you an example of what I'm talking about, statements falsely advising whether a people is maybe even has tested positive for COVID. You know, just that simple thing could actually be harmful personally or professionally to an individual. Or I got COVID because I was around a certain place or I went into a certain establishment. Or because you didn't get vaccinated, you're wanting to kill your grandmother. Or because you got vaccinated, you took the mark of the beast or compromised in some other way. These are... No, this is literally comments and real things that people have said. Or what about a business or an employer that did not protect their employees properly? Didn't follow disinfectant rules and didn't follow proper guidelines. And then we're dealing with the ideas of privacy and public notifications. And so it doesn't matter to me what side someone's on. As that's, that's not the bearing for me. The defamation is how I'm going to talk about you and whether I'm going to do that properly. And as a Christian and as a child of God, there is guidelines in the Word of God of how we're to talk about each other. Defamation claims took place when there was a publication of a written or oral statement of fact to someone other than the plaintiff and that harms a person's reputation. The, uh, statements that exposed a person or entity to hatred or ridicule uh, caused them to be shunned within their community or within their families, whatever. It's based, on, it's based on an opinion that someone has of another person. Maybe a posting or a sharing of content or someone's, did you ever see anyone videoing people more than they did during COVID? I was speaking to authorities after one weekend during COVID, and they had received 17,000 calls about individuals that they thought needed to be checked on. 17,000. I'm just talking in this city. 17,000 calls. 
I don't know if they're legitimate, if they weren't legitimate, if someone, I don't know. The idea is 17,000 calls. And so we have to ask ourselves questions. Could the statement be interpreted as defamatory or, or, or the invasion of privacy for others? Does this statement suggest anything negative about the individual or entity in particular? Does it reveal any information or post any material regarding someone that can be classified as private content or a private location or unsuitable for public display? Could the statement, uh, post, or content cause harm to the person, particularly to maybe their, their honor or their reputation or them as an individual, whether at home or abroad? The elements of what I'm talking about tonight is a real thing that has affected our society. I'm not belittling COVID, obviously. That's not what I'm trying to do. What I'm trying to do is to share there's other things that have happened that are not being talked about enough that are going to be dealt with for decades in people's lives. Generally, the subject of a publication made orally or in writing can establish a claim for defamation against the author if the publication is a false statement that harms the reputation or otherwise damages the subject of the statement. And that statement usually or, or must be more than just a mere opinion, though an opinion implying a false statement of fact could be um, actionable. Defamation generally comes to two varieties, per se and per quad. Uh, there's a lot of stuff that can fall in and under, and I'm not here to I'm not here to put people on trial tonight. I'm here to share what the word tells us about how to talk about other people. Frustrations reached levels in people's daily lives that they never saw before. And so a lot of combative uh, conversation and posts and things were done, unfortunately, online and even to people in general face-to-face -face. that would have never happened pre-COVID. Here's what the Scripture says. Because I think when we're talking about these things, how are we going to deal with, how are we going to deal with people that have been hurt Listen, I, I, I grew elephant skin a long time ago. I, I, th that's, that's a phrase for me. I grew elephant skin a long time ago. So a lot of things can be said, and it really goes in one ear and out the other for me. So I, I'm, but there's, there's people that do take things personal, and it becomes hurtful and have a hard time getting over maybe something nasty that was said. No one wanted to harm their family. If there is someone out there that did that, that's, that's an anomaly. That's not the norm. No one wanted to see someone in their family pass because, no. Even making that statement is, is probably not the proper thing. But those statements were sad. Not talking about anyone in particular here. I'm just saying that's the society we're living in against medical professionals and, 
and, and nurses and doctors and, and our people that are trying to keep us safe, like the police. And so many things were said in a derogatory way through society that they never asked for. I have to, I, I, did I tell you about them coming to our house out on day five? Oh, this, this is a neat story. So I, I, I went to my graduation in, in, in St. Louis, and of course that was in April of last year, so that was right in the middle of quarantine time and all that jazz. So we went through all the proper steps. I was tested five times on that trip, five times. I didn't know if there, you know, I could feel them like at the back of my head, those tests. So we come home, and we're on, we're on, on the 14-day quarantine. My wife was well prepared. She had a list. She had a list for me to do. I mean, we cleaned the house from top to bottom, painted the deck. And it was just continual. But what's so interesting was day five, the police came, which they called us twice every day. But on day five, the police came. So I just opened the garage door, and I, want, they, I thought they wanted to make sure we were there. And so I peeked my head out, the garage, and, and I'll never forget. It was funny. He said, is Mrs. Carter home? I said, Sure. I'd need to see her. So I went to the door and got her to come to the door. He said, okay, and he left. I thought, if there's a rebel in this house, it's not her. I mean, of the two of us, the one they came to see was her. I don't even know what that says. This is what James says in chapter 4. Do not speak evil one of another, brethren. He who speaks evil of a brother and judges his brother speaks evil of the law and judges the law. But if you judge the law, you are not a doer of the law, but a judge. There is one lawgiver who is able to save and to destroy. Who are you to judge one another? That's what James says. Um, when he says this, you know, not to speak evil of one another, uh, you know, the exhortation refers to evil speaking, slander, backbiting, writing that has no particular purpose, but rather harm. He that speaketh, he said, evil of his brother. It's, it's this thinking was a general thinking among the rabbis that if you spoke evil of your brother, you were actually denying God. Denying God would claim someone was an atheist. Now, that's pretty strong talk from James. If I speak evil of you, it's like I'm an atheist. Well, I don't, I, I'm not, uh, no, 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 pastor, I'm not an atheist. I'd never be an atheist. Then don't speak evil of someone. Because James has given a very, I mean, he's giving clear scripture. They consider detraction as the devil's crime originally. 
culminated God's almighty into the words. He doth know that in the day in which ye eat of it, your eyes shall be opened and ye shall be like God. This is, this is what the serpent said in the garden. Oh, you, you know what? You, you just step back. James is writing and says, listen, if I speak evil of you, I have put myself in a position of denying who God is. He said, I speak evil of the law. The law condemns all evil speaking and detraction. And he who is guilty of those allows himself to be caught in the vice of condemning or speaking evil of the law. He, he ends that verse by saying, you're not a doer of the law, but rather a judge. I reject the law of God if I speak evil of you. I set up my own mischievous conduct as a rule of life. I become detracted from what the law is asking me not to do, and that's to judge you. There's only one lawgiver. And for some reason, the pandemic of defamation rose to the top without being talked about very much where we could get into debate back and forth about each other. And we're on the same team. All you have to do is take a little bit of time and listen to people that are around you on the outside world, and you feel sorry for them, that they would be so caught up in evil speaking against one another. And James has given this very strong scripture. Yeah, he's not using the word defamation. He's using it as evil speaking. Look what the writer of Proverbs chapter 10 says, uh, verse 18. Whoever hides hatred has lying lips. And whoever spreads slander is a fool. I don't even have to give an interpretation of that. <laughs> In the multitude of words, sin is not lacking, but he who restrains his, his lips is wise. Basically, what he's saying is, if you thought it, it's one thing, but don't open your mouth and say it. It's... Uh, If we think that it's automatically just going to go away, it's not. Something that people get used to doing for two years is not just automatically going to go away. And so there is now an, open, an openness to share opinions about people in a derogatory form. He goes on to say, the tongue of the righteous is choice silver. The heart of the, of the wicked is worth little. The lips of the righteous feed many, but fools die for lack of wisdom. I think we have to step back and watch our tongue. 
in what we say. The Bible is very clear. James writes it. He says it's full of deadly poison. It's the most unruly member. You say, well, that, that's for, you know, that's for a sinner. No. No, it's for humanity. We're all human. And there's a tendency, if we're not careful, to control our tongue, that it will say things that we wish we didn't say. I'm going to go through this passage in Romans chapter 1. I want, you, I want you to notice as I'm reading this passage, and we'll, we'll go through a few of them so that we catch it, but I want you to notice how many things are attributed to what I'm talking about tonight. And even as they did not like to retain God in their knowledge, God gave them over to a, a debased mind to do those things which are not fitting. Uh, King James says a, a reprobate mind. Being filled with all unrighteousness, sexual immorality, wickedness, covetousness, maliciousness, Full of envy, murder, strife, deceit, evil-mindedness. They are whisperers, backbiters, haters of God, violent, proud, boasters, inventors of evil things, disobedient to parents, undiscerning, untrustworthy, unloving, unforgiving, unmerciful, who knowing the righteous judgment of God that those who practice such things are deserving of death, not only do the same, but also approve of those or not only do the same, but also approve of those who practice them. Uh, here's, I, I'm going to go through this passage just uh, a little bit here. He starts out verse 28, and he says, they did not like to retain God. Uh, it would perhaps be more literally translated, they did not search to retain or keep their knowledge of God. Um, the idea behind us as Christians should rise to the top and say, you know what, I'm not going to get involved in conversations that are not winnable. They did not examine, the Scripture says, the evidence before them of his being, his attributes. Therefore, God gave them over to a reprobate mind, uh, an unsearching or undiscerning mind. It's the same in both places. They did not reflect the proof of his divine nature. Think of it this way. When they were saying all kinds of false things against him at Calvary, he opened not his mouth. You talk about a response. He could have laid out their sins right there, one by one, embarrassed every one of them, but he opened not his mouth. And then Paul gives this list, being filled with all unrighteousness, fornication, wickedness, covetousness, maliciousness, full of envy, murder, debate, deceit, malignity, and whispers. Uh, being filled with all unrighteousness, every vice that's contrary, obviously, to righteousness or justice. Fornication, that's sexual contact between the sexes, which is beyond the bounds of marriage. Wickedness, malignity, that which is oppressive to its possessor and its objects. Covetousness, I will have, the intense love or lust of gain, the determination to have, dissatisfied, discontented. Those are, those are the things, some of the things Paul says. Now look at, now look at what he, he goes into. Maliciousness, he uses this word. It means malice or ill will. It's essentially vicious about another person. 
And he says, listen, this is, you don't want to get caught up in speaking ill will about someone. He says, full of envy to wither, decay, consume, pine away. It's, it's uh, the sight of being more excellent than someone else. I am a better person because I don't do this. I'm better because I did this and they didn't. See, we don't, if we're not careful, we may not come out with the exact words, but the attitude behind it can affect us. God, I don't want to have envy in my heart that I think because of how I followed or didn't follow that I'm better than. He speaks about murder. Obviously, hopefully that wasn't the case, taking away the life of another. Uh, then he uses the word debate. That's not in a positive way. It's, con it's, it's uh, contention or discord. The, the Greeks made a, a goddess of this vile passion. They, they made a goddess to this passion of contention or discord. Deceit, lying, falsely. Speaking things that weren't all truth. Leading to, to believe that something else is what it is. Half-truth is a lie. There is no gray area. It's black or white. It's either truth or it's not truth. And deceitfulness is not truth. Okay, so what happens is, uh, again, the opportunity of what we went through for two years makes this rise to the top if we're not careful. Malignity, evil, and a custom, bad customs, founded in, in a corrupt sentiment, producing evil habits, and is supported by general usage. It's, it's generally interpreted a malignity of mind, which leads its possessor to put the worst construction on every action. Maybe a good deed, but it's got the wrong motive. I mean, we've seen that through the pandemic. People took advantage of things. Okay, it might have looked like a good deed, but wrong motive. He uses the word whispers, secret detractors, those who are under pretended secrecy. They carry about accusations against their neighbors, whether true or false, blasting their reputation by, through slander or gossip. Paul says, listen, these, these, these are things that, as a Christian, we don't want to be part of. We don't want to be part of it. He doesn't stop. I'm not making up the words, folks. I'm just giving you what they mean. Backbiters, haters of God, despiteful, proud, boasters, inventor of evil things, disobedient to parents. Uh, when he speaks of backbiters, I speak uh, those who speak against others, false accu accusers or slanderers. I mean, you, you, you think, okay, how many words can say the same thing? <laughs> haters of God. 
Then he uses the word despiteful, to treat with injurious insolence and stormy, boisterous, abusing both the characters and the persons of those over whom they, they, they really have no power, taking advantage of someone else, even through trust or power. I mean, I don't even have to spend too much time talking about that. You know that that's happened through our society through COVID. The abuse of power, being despiteful. He uses the word proud. They who are continually exalting themselves and depressing others. Why is it that so many people have to justify that they're right while putting someone else down? Why is that? That's, that's the whole idea of defamation. Magnifying themselves at the expense of other people. Wishing that people believe their sayings over someone else. That's what, that's what uh, the word proud means. We think of pride and, you know, I'm... I think I'm better. Well, it's much deeper than that. I'm actually trying to put someone else down to make myself look better. He uses the word boasters, to assume, self-assuming, vain, glorious, and arrogance. These are all connected to what we're talking about tonight in making or taking uh, statements that can make someone's reputation or make someone look look bad when really maybe they're not you can go on and see disobedient to parents and verse 31 says without understanding covenant breakers without natural affection implacable unmerciful um the idea of be uh from an implacable the word here shows a deadly enmity, the highest pitch of an unforgiving spirit. I mean, that, those types of things have risen to the top. People are even getting to a place where they're unwilling to even apologize. Unmerciful, those who are incapable through their deep-rooted wickedness of their own nature of showing mercy to someone else, even if they're brought under their power, lose the necessity or the principle of benevolence and kindness and compassion. You say, well, you know, there's, there's too many people that are not real. That's not how all the world is. And if anybody needs to rise to the top, to not speak evil of other people, it better be the church. Is there people that's going to be idiots? And yeah, there is. Okay, that's just a fact. But speaking evil of them isn't going to make them smart. It's not. There has to be something that happens to the family of God, the, the children of God, that says, I'm, I'm unwilling to attach myself to conversation that's going to be defaming of someone else. 
You say, Pastor, I, I'm not doing that. That's great. Then this is just a great reminder for you. Maybe it's all the people online that's listening. I don't know. I just know that this has happened during the last two years, and it's not being talked about enough. People are nastier to other people more than they have ever been. Some people are just doing their job. I mean, the poor guy that's at the door just doing what he's told, it's not, it's not good for us to be nasty to him. You know, he's, he's, he or she's just making minimum wage, just doing what they're told, just trying to maybe pay for college or something. It's not right for us to be derogatory in a negative way. God help us as Christians not to use the pandemic of defamation to get us off kilter. I'm going to give you one more passage. Again, these are, these are scriptures that, these are things that are being talked to the church. And Paul's talking to the church. He's going to talk to the church again in Colossians chapter 3. And this is what he says. But now, in verse 8, but now you yourselves are to put off all these anger and wrath and malice and blasphemy, filthy language out of your mouth. Do not lie one to another, since you have put off the old man with his deeds and have put on the new man, which is renewed in knowledge, according to the image of him who created him. My actions should reflect who I look like. I'm not talking about my dad. I'm talking about my heavenly father. I'm made in his image. My actions, my conversation, my conduct should reflect my Savior and how I speak. I got to be careful of not allowing. Uh, listen, I can I can be honest with you. Anger. Did I have any anger during COVID? Yes. But Paul tells me to put that off. Get rid of that. Anger in itself is not a sin. Uncontrolled anger is a sin. It's important for me not to lose the image of who I'm supposed to look like as a Christian because I'm selfish in my anger. And then he says that I'm to put away wrath and malice and blasphemy, not lying, because I'm created in his image. Uh, verse 11, where there is neither Jew nor Greek, circumcised or uncircumcised, barbarian, sensitive, slave, or free, but Christ is all and in all. Character of the new man. That's who gave me my new character. The new attributes that I have are from him. 
That's why my relationship with him is not on Sundays or on Wednesdays because, let me tell you, uh, in between, there will be things come out that you never thought were in there. Relationship has to be with on a continual basis because you want the character, not of the old man to come out, but of the new man, the character that came from Christ in all and in all. Uh, he says, as the elect of God, holy and beloved, put on. Now, he told us what to take off. Now, he tells us what to put on. This is what I want you to get rid of, and here's what I want you to wear. All the bad stuff, don't get involved in that stuff, but rather put on. Put on this, he says. Put on tender mercies, kindness, humility, meekness, long-suffering, bearing with one another, and forgiving one another. If anyone has a complaint against another, even as Christ forgave you, so you also must do. Now, there's some good things to put on. Those are things that will keep you away from defamation. Oh, you may not end up in court, but your spirit may end up rotten. Oh, you may not be charged and go to trial, but you may end up bitter. And just the root of bitterness can spring up and defile many. If I get upset at the world, it has the possibility of affecting my whole family. Listen, I don't agree with everything that's happened either way. But I'm sure not going to change it. The only thing I can control is me. And so I've got to make sure that the character that I'm portraying is the character I want people to see. God, help me to put on mercy and kindness and humility I don't like needles. <laughs> There's no excitement. No, there was no excitement at all to get picked. No. But it sure wasn't the poor nurse that was there. It wasn't her fault. You know, we, we have to be careful because the world that we're in has produced a level of tearing people apart like we have never seen. And if we just step back and take a deep breath as a child of God and say, God, I want to show forth your character, mercy and kindness and humility and, and loving one another, and if someone's got a complaint... Uh, uh, someone's done me wrong, someone said something wrong, someone cut me off with their cart on the wrong way of the aisle with the arrows going the opposite way. God, I'm going to forgive them just like you forgave me. 
Yeah, I think I got into that cart thing last week. I think there's lots of guilty people in this church for that. I kind of got that feeling after I was on my way home. Thought I hit a nerve there. This is what he says. And above all these things, notice now, he speaks of mercy, kindness, humility, meekness, long-suffering, bearing one another, forgiving one another. And above all these things, put on love. Put on love, which is the bond of perfection. And let the peace of God rule in your hearts, to which also you are called in one body, and be thankful. Put on a great big smile and love people. Let them see God shine right through you. What are you doing and why are you so happy? This, I'm just going to love you no matter what is going on. I'm going to love you no matter what happened for the last two years. Put on some love and let God shine right through you. Let that be the bond of of perfection. This is what Paul's, he's saying this to the church. Let the word of Christ dwell in you richly in all wisdom, teaching and admonishing one another in psalms and hymns and spiritual songs, singing with grace in your hearts to the Lord. And whatever you do in word or deed, do it all in the name of the Lord Jesus, giving thanks to God the Father through him. Paul says, listen, if there's something I've left out, no matter what it is, whatever you're going to do, do it all in the name of Jesus because you're representing him. God, help me as a pastor. Help us as families. Help us as adults. Help our youth. Help our children, God. Help our... Help our people not to get caught up in the pandemic of defamation. I'm suspecting that in most cases, I'm not going to have to go to trial and, and testify for you. So I'm not, I'm not even literally talking about some case being brought against you. That would be maybe an extreme. I'm talking about just being a godly person in how we talk about each other and one to another. Now, I'm sure you have lots of examples, heard examples. People's probably shared experiences over the last two years where people got upset, maybe even got upset with you. Maybe it was just so different for some that they just couldn't handle the changes. We all went through that. Remember the day that the peace officer came to the church. Someone was crazy enough to call him to let him know that we were here, all seven of us. So I, I seen him come to the door. My wife had let me know. And uh, I opened the door. It was locked. We, of course, we, people weren't allowed here then, only the ones putting on the service. I think it was up to 10. 
And he started to talk, and I said, no, come on in. Come on in. Well, I don't want to bother you, Reverend. I said, oh, come on in. I'll introduce you to who's here. He was just doing his job. He was just doing his job. He might have been the same guy that checked to see if my wife was home. I don't know. Didn't catch his name of the guy that was checking on her. He came in. We had a lovely chat. Introduced him to the other six people that were here. They were just trying to do their job. Was I excited about him coming? Well, he could have stayed for service. But it wasn't about that. He was just doing what he was required to do. And how we respond is everything in what we portray ourselves as. You know what? Oh, the door's locked. You're not getting in. Too bad. No, it's not right. It's not right. It's not how it goes. It's the opposite of that, actually. God, help us. Help us to portray who you are through our lives in what we do or say. If any of that was said tonight, you don't like, it's too bad. The scripture tells us to treat one another right. Right. Could we stand? Everyone okay? Okay, you'll come back next week. If you're not here next week, I'll know you weren't okay. No, I'm just teasing. We're just wanting to make sure that we're acting the way we should. And it's just teaching, down-to-earth teaching, about how the Scripture tells us to talk about one another. Thank you for joining us today. If you want more information, connect with us on our website at missionpoint.ca. God bless you.